0: Hey, everybody, it's Mark Lee Shannon, and today's program is special to me. It's about a program that brings the full weight and cooperative effort of a lot of community advocates, judges, prosecutors, defense counselors, substance abuse treatment specialists, and many, many others. And you know what they're there for? They're there to help folks that have caught a felony and need to get up and out, get away from their drug problem, and get back into society and community. That's up next on Recovery Talks the podcast. Direct from Akron, Ohio, the epicenter of modern recovery. This is Recovery Talks, the podcast. From those in recovery to those working in recovery, meet those who are shining the light on Recovery Talks right now. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of Recovery Talks, the podcast. I'm your host, Mark Lee Shannon. And if you found us today, you found us because hopefully you've gone to recoverytalks.org, which is the place where we re- all of our podcasts are residing at this point in time. It's super cool. So today, my guest is my friend, Emily Beers. Emily is the program admin at Oriana House. But more importantly... We know each other through our work with the Rock and uh, Recovery Advisory Board, which is how we met, which was really fortuitous. And that's a really good word to say after two cups of coffee, isn't it? I'm not going to repeat it. But then she asked me to sort of hang out with her and the Summit County Turning Point program with the drug courts. And that's a new thing for me. And I've just been really impressed with the level of intensity and care that goes on in that program for people that are really trying to turn their lives around and so i've seen some real how should i say um there's 180. i've seen some people that are really struggling as they start the program because i haven't had a lot of exposure to it which is why i want you here because you know what you're talking about and then i've seen some people that apparently seem to be really really thriving so I, i went online today and i actually did some research like a good podcast host And I found out that there is a mission statement for the program and the mission statement for the program, uh, hopefully I got it right and you can tell me if I got it wrong. So the mission of the Summit County Turning Point Program is to improve the overall quality of life in our community by providing the effective court supervision and enhanced treatment services for substance dependent felony offenders in an effort to change their behaviors and reduce their risk to the community. And I have to tell you what I've observed so far and just a couple invitations to be part of it is just how I see just how drug dependency has changed people's lives and how they're, they're really struggling to be able to move past that. They've got themselves in trouble, and the drug court gives them an opportunity to say, hey, if you want to fix yourself, if you want to go to work, you can do it and we'll help you. And we've got all these resources here. So I guess my first question to you is, how did you get involved in this? How did you come to this place? How did we get here that we're talking on a podcast about you being involved in this fabulous program?
1: I appreciate the question, Mark, because I didn't get into it because I have experience with drug dependency or alcohol dependency, I'm not all-knowing. I didn't learn about it out of a book and say, hey, let me get out there. Let me share what I know with others. I got into this because I care about people. I care about people, total strangers to me, that are struggling. And I have this yearning inside of me to help. And when I say help, help can be so small you can be an active listener, and that's all you need to do. Help can be so big where you're now making connections. You're now making recommendations. You're now trying to help steer their ship. I had a pull in me that was moving towards wanting to help people in any kind of capacity because There is something about the psychology of a person and how the brain works and how people think and how people feel. And I wanted to dive headfirst into a stranger and be there and say, let me help you.
0: Uh, One of the things I resonate with you too is you have really high quality empathic skills, right? And I think that's where we kind of connected with each other, to be honest with you, because we both see it. I think one of the things that I noticed most is we're staring at the, because it's it's like a Hollywood Square Zoom meeting when we go on to these meetings. And there's so many people and personalities. You can watch a lot of different things as it's going on. You can see a lot of different people. And as an empath, I'm picking up things from people. Like I see the pain. In certain people, I see where they're at the other day. We were on this meeting and you could obviously tell that someone was in despair because they were still using, right? And they couldn't come clean with it right away. You know what I mean? But then they said, I got to do it. I got to tell the truth. And that's the moments where I think are the breakthrough moments being a former alcoholic and recovering addict. I can tell you that that level of honesty, when you finally can say to yourself, Okay, I'm gonna tell the truth, and you know the judge, who we won't mention her name because I I don't have permission to use her name, but she sees right through it. I mean, she's got laser vision going on there with like, oh, oh no, oh no, you got, and there's so much kindness there, you know, and also as I've spoken to her, a sharp blade because if you're not going to help yourself if you're not going to be part of this program which we're going to talk about a little bit more if you're not going to be part of this program let's make room for somebody else you know and that's what i see is going on there is let's make room for somebody else if you're not here so you know tell me a little bit about the program here's what i understand so i and i don't have a complete i just have an elementary knowledge of the program so the turning point program really exists to on two different sort of tracks right for felony offenders which is kind of in lieu of conviction and people that are under community control so what i'm what i'm not clear of with the training program is how do you raise your hand to be involved in it i mean how do you have to be recommended from a judge do you have to have some do you have to have an advocate that says judge please this person would be a good person to be in this program or they just automatically referred how does that happen how do you get how do you get in
1: Well, we have a written legal criteria. So you are referred by your judge or your probation officer. And that referral is made because either one of those entities is seeing that person struggling with dependency. Whether they're involved with community control and already have a probation officer and they start to struggle. And the probation officer sits back and realizes, you know, I think they need some intensified services. I think they need some wraparound services and care. They can make the recommendation. A sentencing judge can make the recommendation. But there's a written legal criteria, and then there's a clinical criteria that someone needs to meet. So when I talk about, you know, legal criteria, I mean, you have to be placed on community control for a felony offense. Maybe you've been granted judicial release and placed on community control. You've been noncompliant in your intervention in lieu. Maybe you've been on community control for a period of time and you're struggling, like I said, with some kind of dependency, alcohol or drugs, imminent danger of overdosing. We're still very much under this umbrella of the opiate epidemic. We have a lot of people who, you know, their probation officer says, listen, I'm, I'm fearful. I'm fearful of tomorrow.
0: I saw it the other day in, in the person I'm speaking about. There was obviously fentanyl use going on. You can just see it. I mean, if you've been around, unfortunately, if you're skilled enough to have been around alcoholics and addicts long enough, you can tell, dude, you're using. You're using. I can see. You, you can't tell me. You're not using because I see it in your eyes. There's just a feeling and a look. And I noticed the judge picked that up right away, right away, you know?
1: I'd, I'd like to speak on that. I, I think one of the most beautiful things about our program is the length. If you're looking on paper, you see that our program is, you know, 12 to 18 months in length. But we don't kick someone out once 18 months comes around and, and we say it's over. We have people in this program for two, three, four years. Everyone's a snowflake. So someone may have been using drugs for the last 20 years of their lives. Do we really think that they'll be able to turn it around in 12 months? So when we bring up that individual from court this week and the relationship, the obvious draw between him and the judge, it's because this judge has been working with this individual for years she knows him the judge involved in a specialty docket such as drug court they establish a rapport they establish a relationship with our clients to where it's not a catch and release we don't bring someone into the program and say goodbye after 90 days we keep them in for such a long period of time that we get to know this person and we get to understand their looks their struggles to where we do have substance when, we're, when a judge is sitting there and saying, listen, you're struggling. I can see it. I know it. To where that client feels comfortable on the Hollywood squares, not a one-on-one conversation, but in front of an entire room of his peers, he feels comfortable enough to say, okay, yeah, I'm using. And that simply goes back to his respect to that relationship
0: right and I, I what was really great about that participant coming clean it was that earlier in in this cuz these me these these events go on for hours they go on yeah. for hours you know <laughs> and, and i was like wow there's a lot of stamina going on for the participants cuz i'm 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 you know, I'm just a voluntary participant, and as far as a person that you know, just wants from the community wants to be able to help. But I, I see people that are really have to be, you know, part of the team that's been. I want to talk a little bit about the team involved to do this. But I also saw someone on that meeting yesterday. The judge had said, "You're not yourself today." You don't look like yourself today. And then there were some excuses going on. Oh, I got allergies going on. And I got like, I, like, I used to do that. <laughs> I used to use allergies. You know, I was the guy that always carried cough drops, right? Oh, oh uh-huh. my breath is bad. It had nothing to do with the fact that I just killed a quart of vodka the night before. Now it's like, oh, you know, I got a, go, you know, and it was just boo. It was just boo, really what it was. So what I understand about the program is that Summit County Turning Point Program has an advisory committee also, you know, and that those are, there's a lot of people that are involved in that. There's a judge, probation officers, supervisors, program coordinators, treatment representatives, prosecutors, defense counsels, representatives from law enforcement, incredible amount of people that are involved in these programs that help develop and steer these programs. Is there a a lot of these programs going on around the country right now? Is this something that's common? Because it feels like, to me, we're really lucky here in Summit County, Ohio, to be able to have a program like this, especially with the people that I've observed. I mean, how how common is this right now in the United States?
1: Well, 700 specialty courts throughout the United States, would you say it's? common.
0: That's just awesome. And you know, what's crazy about this, Emily, is you just don't hear about it. No, You know, nobody's talking about, everybody's talking about, you know, the problem with drugs, the problem with this, you know, you know, people coming into the country with, but nobody's talking about this is really good, important work that's being done. And to be frank with you, even in the recovery community in Ohio, in Summit County, this is something that I was surprised about. I'm in. I'm like, okay, so I've been around the recovery programs for about 20 years and you know, I've got I'm working on my 7th year this time around. Thank God today is a good day. It's just not something I heard about. And is it because it's just only in the stream of information of people that are really in trouble that people hear about this? Why aren't more people hearing about this and the good work that's being done? What do you think?
1: Uh, to answer your question, I would say no that it's not in the stream of people who have been really in trouble because let's not forget, we have a misdemeanor recovery court. Those are misdemeanors of the first and second degree. So those are not individuals who are in really, really big trouble. Wow. I don't know why the drug courts are not talked about enough. They're talked about. And oftentimes when people bring it up in conversation, yeah, it's easy to say that we're putting a curb in jail overcrowding. Oh, we're saving the the money, we're we're making the community safe. But let's not forget, we're changing lives. That's crazy. Maybe not a ton of them. It's hard to look at our success rate and say, gee, wow, that percentage is a little bit low. What's going on? Are these programs not successful? Let me tell you what. In the grand scheme of things, when you have a hundred people in one court and let's say five of those people are successful within three months, that is five people who have been able to change their lives around. Five people who have done that 180 that you talked about a few minutes ago. And it's so worth it.
0: If you know about this podcast, you know that with the whole intention of this podcast is to shine a light and be on the lantern holders and the lighthouses of people that are making it in recovery. And so why I wanted to have you here today is because when I initially thought about doing this kind of podcast, I was saying, well, you know, there's got to be a lot out there. There's got to be a lot of people talking about this. Why don't I know about it? And you know what? I, I did the Google thing, right? And I used the keyword search success stories, Summit County turning point and I had one article come up, just one. It's crazy, it was from the Akron Beacon Journal. And I was like-
1: 2014. Yeah, that's the one,
0: that pissed me off. It really pissed me off because what I saw, in the meeting on monday was in an overwhelming group of people coming together in a compassionate and kind way and making a huge difference in people's lives mm-hmm. you know what i mean and mm-hmm. this is the type of thing that all of us really need to talk about more is there is good work going on out there if you turn on the media if you turn on i'm not going to get on that horse because i've been I mean, i'm not going to do that right but it seems like what people want to buy today is division people want to buy fear people want to buy this but i i'm so attracted to this program because of the goodness and the kindness of people like you that you know and and, and Megan and the judge and all these, I mean, the prosecutor who is, you know, I just think he's the coolest guy ever because he's just like, he's totally level. like, And he's just like always positive. The caseworkers, always positive comment first, always. The probation officers and, and people that are working for the courts, you know, that are trying to get these people to get on track. There's always positive comments first. And then there's the, hey, there are challenges here, the challenges there. there are challenges. There's so much kindness and compassion going on in this area that we really need to level up bring this up. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot again and go back to a little bit more about the treatment because I want to make sure that you know we we cover that. So there's different phases to the treatment, right? There's, uh, from what I understand, compliance, right? There's an engagement phase. Mm-hmm. There's a group and development phase. And then there's a maintenance phase. Each of these phases have to be completed. And each of these phases have, you know, sort of, for lack of a better word, applauses from the court. Well done. Mm-hmm. You did good. Purple praise. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. You got this. You did this. We're proud of you. This. Maybe here's a gift yeah. card. You might get some yeah. good things some cool stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then there's the other side, which is the sanctions, right? And I have noticed that Nobody wants to give out sanctions. Nobody. And it's even in these meetings held to the end. And, and that is what just such an incredible paradigm to me because, you know, this is when people talk about felonies, when they talk about drugs when they talk about this, you, you know, from the layman's perspective, it's like, well, you should get in there and give them a, 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 a bad people taking drugs. But that's not what I observe in this court. What I observe in this court is the a complete opposite of let's elevate people let's raise them up let's praise them and oh yeah we've got work to do and here's some sanctions both the episodes that I've been able to see I never felt that there was punitive intentionally it was always like crap we got work to do and here's the sanctions you know and that's just amazing to me the work that you guys are doing and you know, I just feel like we really need to elevate that up of what's going on and that's why I wanted to be, have you on this podcast to talk about if you're going to enter into the Turning Point program, it kind of requires more of the participant than just regular probation, right? So you get in, and I was reading through what they got to go through. It's- Izzy. Yeah, you got you to, gotta, mm, 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 and then you got to do this, and this, and this, and this. And if you don't show up, you get a this. And if you don't, this, and this, this. And I think from what I've observed, too, from some of the, is this is maybe sometimes some of the first real structure some of these folks have had in their life, where somebody has told them, we care about you, here's what you're gonna do, and you're gonna do it. And here's how we're gonna help you, and here's the tools you're gonna get, and you know what? And when they don't know how to do that, because I've observed that also, people don't know how to do the right things. They don't know how to be compliant. They don't know how to not make excuses and not to say, well, I was doing this. And I was, you know, you're lying. We know you are lying. You know, and that's just what's so amazing to me about this court is, is it really provides structure. And it's all positive. It's all positive. There's just so much more. I'm sure you want to tell me. Talk to me about graduations. This has got to be the point for you. Where you feel like you can get in your car at the end of the day and say, we're doing something. It's working. And I've seen the success in the eyes of somebody for the first time in their life that has accomplished something. Right? They've gotten through. They've really done it. And being around the programs. It's a gift to me in my life that I get to do this, because I will tell you eight years ago if you told me I'd be doing a podcast with somebody from the drug courts, I'd be like, "Oh, I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? <laughs> oh, how can I get out of that? You know?" But I would have been on the other side, like, "Oh, that's not good, Mark. You've never get it together?" But I would have been against you with me, you know, because I just couldn't find a way. I didn't know how to get it right. But I can see. The benefit you guys are doing out of these people for the first time in their life, they've done something right. They can stand up and put their head up right, and say, I graduated from this program and I did something good. Tell me about what goes on with you when you see these things and the people in the program.
1: You know, you're in the right line of work for you in my heart. I know that I am in the right line of work for me when I feel every client's lows and failures. And yes, I have plenty of days where that drive home is long and it's hard and I'm emotional in in not such great ways. But oh my goodness, you feel the highs and you feel the successes and on graduation day, which we hold once a month, at the end of the month, that is every reason wrapped up into two hours as to why we do what we do. It is our Christmas bonus. It is our Thanksgiving turkey. It is, it is the whole reason behind why we show up to the plate every day. And we tell our clients all the time, They are absolutely in the driver's seat. They are in charge. They are making decisions for themselves. We are in the passenger seat, though. We are here if you need us. We are here if you take one hand off the wheel and need a support hand to come in and help you drive. But you are always in charge of your own life. So When I say that I feel those highs and lows of someone's success and failures, my goodness, I can only imagine what it's like to be that person actually going through it because I'm merely the passenger. To be given the gift of watching someone do that 180, to be given the gift of watching their family come back around and say, I trust you again. Mm. to say, I love you, to to have, I'm getting goosebumps, to have those families come to that graduation and speak, speak on their own experience and what they went through and watch that client, watch that individual, watch that drug court participant recollect on those years and what they put someone else through. And and they are reminded that all this is, is me caring about you. You know, they're all people You can't
0: hate the person. Just in case I would find myself in the system, and I'm in the system. So how do I get these services? Tell maybe somebody what they would do if they found themselves in, in the position to need this service.
1: If you are sitting back and you are thinking to yourself, I am really struggling right now, I'm hurting, maybe you're using drugs or alcohol, you need more intensified services, reach out to someone and ask for help, meaning your attorney, your probation officer, your judge. Ask for information on the drug court programs, on the Turning Point program. We offer so much, and you did talk about this during your podcast in that Drug courts are not just drugs. They're not just for people who need substance abuse treatment. Yes, we offer mental health treatment. We offer employment, education, vocational support. We offer recovery coaches, peer support. We offer driver's license help. We offer life skills support. There's so much that you can gain from a program that has its wraparound services, because again, it's not just about substance abuse treatment. There's so much more. We provide every one of our clients with a series of assessments so they can help guide us in exactly what it is they need. But everyone's a snowflake. Not one program is the same. You may come in with just Two, three needs for services. You may come in with a whole onslaught of needs, and we will help get you there. We will help connect you.
0: What I'm hearing you say is, is that once you get in the program, it's a more of an all encompassing. We're going to help you get your life back together, Absolutely. not just get sober, not just get out yes. of the trouble with the popo. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, because that's the immediately a problem, right? You're in trouble. You've got a felony. You've done some bad things. Felony equals bad, right? Because with a felony conviction, trust me, you know what I mean, I've seen people try to get employment after a felony conviction. It's incredibly difficult without some sort of divine intervention sometimes. You just can't you can't get employment. So what you're offering is a way to get out of this bad place you're in and beyond that, learn the life skills that you need to just go further than getting out of trouble. Right. Because that's really what we want for the program Mm -hmm. participants is we want them to never return again. We want them to learn how to not be who they used to be.
1: Absolutely.
0: I just want to just thank you on behalf of of people that I see you're helping in in the work in the recovery community. You know, you just set out with an intention, right? We're going to try and do the right thing. And whatever that motivation is to people who do what we do, right, of just you get up every day and go, man, just let me help somebody today and, you know, get them back on the path. You know, people will say to me, you know, because I'm a 12-step guy, people say to me, you know, when you sponsor somebody, you know what I mean, you know, what is that? And I said, I'm just a trail guide. That's it. You know what I mean? And, you know, I, I don't. I, I'm not their you know, lawyer, I'm not their psych, I'm not their divorce attorney, I'm not their hotel, I'm not their, I'm just the guy that says, hey, look out for that ravine over there. You know what I mean? And when they're falling into the ravine, you go, oh, hey, come on, come on, I told you, let's go, here we go, let's start again. What I want to just end this podcast by saying is, is that there are people out there. If you're listening now, if you are listening to this podcast, and you found us on recoverytalks.org, please remember that there are people that are that will answer the call when you say the three magic words, please help me. There are people that will help you and it's not that far of a step to take the first step. And that is really what the most important thing is is committing to the saying that you know what, I'm just going to try. I'm going to do it. I'll do it again. And I I think that out there, even if you're not in trouble, you know what I mean? And again, this podcast is for all people. We've talked today about alcohol and drugs, but we're talking about addiction of any kind. It's people that have been affected by trauma, mental health. I know your program identifies when there have been people that may have special needs. You know what I mean? It's not just alcohol and drugs that we've talked about here. As we often know, once you get past the first level of surface, there's often dual diagnosis is going on and there may be mental health thing. And there's, I understand, a neutral discharge where people say, you know what, we've got to have some more help here. It's just that something else has to happen. There's a combination for that. But you know, if you're listening today to this podcast and you're curious about being sober, or if you find yourself in trouble, if you find yourself, you know, that you've tried before, just We are here to tell you just, there's a great saying that says, fall down seven times, get up eight. And that's what I live with every day. And it doesn't stop when you get sober. This is what I want to tell people. Getting sober is not recovery. Okay, recovery is every day getting up and doing the things you need to do. It's an active participation. You know, on behalf of our listeners, Emily, I want to thank you so much. You've been listening to Emily Beers, and Emily is the program admin for the Oriental House and just a badass superhuman being that I get to know. And I'm so lucky that I do get to know you, you know. And so to all our listeners, I just want to say thanks for hanging with us for this edition of Recovery Talks, the podcast. Please stay tuned for more episodes with more guests as they share their journey from the darkness to the light. And until then, everybody, please stay standing and steady on